Here we are, locked on NFL alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Breaking down the Thursday night football game today, we will be uh, taking a look at the Sunday and Monday slate of games for week three in the NFL. You can follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is at WilliamsonNFL, and you can find this podcast and all the shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network on your favorite podcast app. Matt, how you doing on this Friday? I'm pretty good. Um, I had to go pick up both kids at their respective schools because we had a water main break. And I was telling you before, you know, it was like a line of 8 million minivans all waiting to try to go get their kid. It was at both schools. <laughs> so I'm glad to be done with that. I didn't plan on spending an hour and a half to go pick up kids that are all within walking distance, basically. Did you have to go to uh, Costco and get like a bunch of jugs of water now, too? Is there like a water <laughs> problem around the city? Yeah, probably we'll have to do that. I'm heading to the radio station right after this, but I'll probably pick up a couple something or others. We got some things here, but can't drink the water, and who knows? Oh, geez. Well, um, I'll survive. <laughs> you're doing better than Tennessee Titans fans today. I will oh, say that uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the underdog, the home dog, we both blew it with our picks. And I talked about uh, on Mondays on our shows, I should have a segment that is an apology segment where I talk about all the things <laughs> I got wrong. I think this I would have to apologize to the Jaguars fans who I, I had being one of my sleeper teams. Then I crushed them last week and thought they were done. Now they come out, beat the Titans, who I had crushed earlier, apologized to them because maybe I was wrong about them, looked great week one, and then they looked awful. Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Titans 20-7. to I think really, I mean, you know, it was kind of an ugly game still, but I think really the story here is rookie quarterback Gardner Minshew. That's the, that's the talk of the league right now. He got primetime all to himself Thursday night. Yeah, a couple talking points on this one was, uh, I feel like I said this last Friday, I forgot that I don't like Thursday night football all that much. It's just ugly and so many holding calls, and we're seeing that around the league too much, and stoppages of play that were hard to watch. Minshew, I thought, is passing every test. Like I'm not saying the Jags have found their quarterback for the next 12 years, but boy, he's playing well, and I like his demeanor on the field, and sounds like a likable dude and an easy guy to root for too. I'm sticking with their offense. I retweeted this, and these are four nets carries in in order of times that he you know carried the ball. Minus seven, minus five, minus four, minus three, zero, 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 two, two, three, four, five, sixty-nine. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> sticking with the run with the lead sometimes pays off, but man, I mean, it was tough sledding. Um, Jags pass rush was really a talking point too. I mean, just stood out in a big way, but I'm kind of done making excuses for Mariota too. Like I, I put something on Twitter last night. Like it just all, every play just looks so hard for him. I mean, most quarterbacks easy check that. I mean, like everything's a process. Everything's a struggle. And on the reverse side of that, the rookie quarterback, everything seems to come pretty natural and pretty easy, even though the ages kind of work out he's not Tom Brady the second he's Gardner Minshew the second but you know sixth round pick and I think a lot of people maybe jump in the gun and you know he's got a mustache and that people seem to love and uh it's funny how hard up football fans are to find some authentic human beings when you know all you have to do is have a mustache and, and you know maybe be a little right. bit different and people are freaking out about it people lose their minds on social media and so go to four different colleges and become a starter and everybody loves you yeah exactly 
And why no love for the Mike Vrabel stash? <laughs> the, the, the Minshew path is crazy, too. And I think part of being yeah. calm, cool, collected is you've been through some things. And so he's bounced around schools. He went to community college, went to ECU after walking on originally at Troy. You've probably heard the story a million times by now. Ends up at Washington State, leads the FBS in passing, and has now had the best start to an NFL career for a rookie quarterback in the 100-year history of the NFL. And, you know, it's a small sample, obviously, and we'll see what Gardner Minshew ends up being. But I think a, a big point of this is, and you remember, I think it's the Bill Parcell rules for drafting a quarterback, right? There, He had these rules about how many games you had to start in college, mm-hmm. and you just had this list of things. And it's like no, no quarterback ever hits those lists anymore because – they're all underclassmen. They yeah, yeah, they come right. out of school so early. But when you think about it, last year, Baker Mayfield, fifth-year senior, and he came out and looked a lot better than the 20-year-old guys. And it, to me, it's like it would seem almost impossible for a 20-year-old kid to come into the NFL and just be really good and really poised right away. So there is a little bit something to that, but you almost can't find those first-round types that are a senior that have gone through all of that and have that many reps and played that many games in college and gone through everything. So it's it's really interesting. And even when you think about all the great quarterbacks in the league right now, uh, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, they're all they were all seniors in college. Uh, look through the Hall of Fame. They were all worse. Like, yeah. I, you got to go back to, I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers might be the best underclassman quarterback of all time at this point. I mean, Michael Vick is the, one of the first ones I can remember. Peyton Manning was a senior. I'm trying to think of all-time great quarterbacks that didn't spend four years in college. Yeah, I'd say Luck had that extra year, too. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking of some of the recent guys. It's a good point, and it is more rare. And I think one of Parcell's qualifications was, have to have a college degree, too. I mean, I don't know how many guys have yeah. a college degree. Not that many anymore, I bet. Yeah, it's a great point. And uh, I don't know what took me off on that tangent, but I was just thinking about, you know, the path that Minshew went through. And I think that's where you see that poise on the field is just you, you've been through some stuff. You've lived life a little bit. I think that just makes things easier for you as a person, as a human being. And it translates to the football field sometimes. Sure. And all of us that were that age realize you know, maybe I'm not much different from 45 to 46, but I'm a lot different from 21 to 22. Yes, well said. That's a perfect way to say it, absolutely. Uh, Should we move on and get to some of these games coming up in week three? Yeah, let's buzz through them. Folks, it is a new season. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game, They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON when creating your, your claim and when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's locked on, two words, locked on, bet, win, get paid. 
Okay, Bengals at Bills is the first one on my list. This is a rough one for the Bengals coming in at 0-2 after getting blown out by the 49ers last week. They go into Buffalo, face a tough defense there, and a 2-0 Bills team. Yeah, in Buffalo, tough chore. Cincinnati looked pretty darn rough last week. Ed Oliver and that defensive line I think is going to be really problematic for the Bengals' offensive front. I think the Bills' D in general is really good. I would think Tredavis White will follow Ross around, but maybe have some time on time on Boyd as well. Not getting any kind of good reports about Mixon's health. I don't expect a ton of points, but I think Buffalo wins this one kind of going away. It would seem that way, and even the John Ross thing, I'm still not a full buyer in the John Ross breakout. Right. He's had a ton of drops. All three of his touchdowns, The so one of them was a flea flicker. One of them was completely misplayed by Tedrick Thompson, the safety in Seattle in week one that should have probably had an interception, just completely misread it and jumped up and missed the ball. And John Ross sitting there behind him, catches it, walks in the end zone for a touchdown. And then last week he had a long 66-yarder against the 49ers, backups in garbage time. And uh, a bunch of drops. And the the speed is obvious. I mean, he is fast and he gets in the open field and he's a problem. So I'm not saying the talent's not there, but I'm just not buying the 270-yard, three-touchdown breakout from his first three game or two games as being something that's sustainable from what I've seen of the way he played. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, pump the brakes at least. I mean, yeah, he was a former first round pick, but he struggled most of his career. Um, he is fast. And I do think the new coaching staff will use him much better than the old in a Brandon cooks like fashion, but catching a long bomb when you're down 40 doesn't mean as much to me. <laughs> yeah. The dolphins at the Cowboys, another Owen two team traveling to face a two and O team. Matt, looking at your uh, power rankings from this week, you've got the number 32 team facing the number four team, that number 32 team on the road, Dallas favored by 23. What do you think? Three touchdowns and a field goal. Is that about right for the Cowboys to beat the Dolphins? Yeah. I mean, this is one of two games with over a 20-point spread. You mentioned the power ranks. We got Jets, who are 31, going at New England, number one. You know, it's both these games. Maybe we should just lump them all together because I think they're both blowouts. It just depends how much the Patriots and Cowboys plan on keeping the accelerator down. I think I'd give you the points on both of them, though. I mean, the Jets are in shambles. Miami's worse. Terrible, terrible franchises right now. But I do just want to say one thing about the Jets. Didn't mean to jump ahead and lump these together on you. But no, it's fine. It, you know, the, a month from now, they may be a respectable team again, though. You know, you get Chris Herndon back and Darnold healthy. It's not all lost for them. I hate to lump them with the Dolphins because all's lost for the Dolphins. Yeah, with Darnold and, you know, hopefully the Jamal Adams stuff blows over yeah. and everything, you know, starts to get a little bit back to normal. And they look like the team they thought they had coming into week one. And look, they just barely uh, lost to the Bills in week one. And they look like a more competitive team there, although that was a little bit sloppy and ugly and, and you know, uh, a little bit of a defensive battle there. But I think the I think the Jets Patriots isn't quite the, the blowout that maybe the Miami Cowboys game could be. But at this point, the Jets what I saw last week, Monday night, that was horrific. And that did not look good. I, I mean, think Cleveland played well. Luke Falk, right. And and they didn't play a team that played great either. So that's an interesting one there. Um, but yeah, a couple of blowouts that are scheduled there that, and, and you, we always think we know what's going on in the NFL. I wouldn't, when we talk, when we talk Monday, Dolphins, maybe, uh, Jets, maybe pull out a win. I don't, I, this league is crazy. You never know. Um, 
it would seem very, very you. unlikely. I, I do know what's going on in New England, though. You know, I mean, New England's not going to trip on this one. I did see a stat recently that uh, I think it was 20 points was the, the delineation of teams over the last, like, basically uh, the, the, the Super Bowl era, teams that are, that are favored by 20 points are 35-0 and 0 as far as straight-up win-loss, but only... Uh, 11 and 22 or something against the spread. So th- those teams yeah. win, but it, you know, that that's a lot of points and you know, th- things happen in this league teams throttle down when they're up big. So maybe not the Patriots, maybe they like going up and winning 42 to nothing against the jets team this week. But um, yeah, as far as betting goes, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to cover that many points all the yeah, time. It's, it's not college. It's not Oklahoma. Right. Versus little sisters of the poor, you know, uh, Broncos at Packers. Here we go again. This is another 0-2 team traveling into a 2-0 team, but these teams are a lot closer, I think, than the last two games we talked about. Yeah, but in a way, it's two good defenses, and I, I think Green Bay qualifies as a good defense now, one of the better defenses, versus two offenses that look like they're trying to find themselves. You know, I mean, I'm not comparing Flacco to Rodgers. I mean, they would be very opposite spectrums of my quarterback ranks. But uh, in Green Bay, I I do trust the Packers' offense to start showing some more signs of life. But I I don't expect a lot of points in this one either. But I'm going to take Green Bay. Yeah, and they should be favored. It's only 7.5 here, not the Mm 20-plus points we saw from those other two games. And maybe if the Packers were traveling into Denver, you'd think, oh, maybe a home dog upset here. But, you know, you got to go Packers at home. I think I'd take the points, though. I didn't realize it was seven and a half. Yeah, it's still a pretty big line there. Yeah, I mean, I like that half hanging there. A battle of one and one squads. The Falcons will be in Indianapolis facing the Colts. The Colts favored just by one and a half here. So if this was uh, in Atlanta, they would be favored. So a nice uh, nice contest here. Uh, A couple of teams that I'm still not sure what I think about. Yeah, I'm with you. And... Again, another dome game for the Falcons. I, I keep thinking about the Falcons' O-line and lack of ability to run the football right now. And it's not like the Colts are a lethal pass-rushing group or awesome on the defensive line, but they're pretty solid at all levels in their building. I think the Colts will be able to stick with the run, um, dump off the receivers. I think Brissett's playing pretty well. I, I'll, I'll give you one and a half and take the home team here. Of the early games, this is the one I'm tuning into, and I think a lot of people, it will be the same, is the Baltimore Ravens in Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Both teams, 2-0, and uh, should be a fun one. And uh, right now, I think the two highest-scoring fantasy football quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm, I guess that makes sense, and Mahomes probably always will be. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. But I don't think it's going to, I don't think we're going to get together Monday and be like, eh, it was Baltimore for real. They really got beat up on in Kansas City. They just beat up two bad teams. I think Baltimore is for real. This will be a highly competitive game the whole way through. And a huge key for me here is Baltimore is a huge blitz team, and they're also a very difficult defense to prepare for, decipher. And as great as Mahomes is, he had a lot of, interceptable passes. I think that's how football outsiders, you know, uh, states it. I forget which team, you know, which analytics site uses that term, but I like that term. And he got, and he got away with some things and it's not because he's special and he's, you know, he just got a little bit lucky last year and you still see some of those traits from Mahomes. It wouldn't shock me if he throws two or three picks in this game. 
very Favre-like the way he plays. And I, I always yeah. wonder when it's going to bite him, and it hasn't right. yet. Right. And he's so good and he's so smart, but he does those no-look plays, and sometimes you're like, okay, don't need to get that cute. Uh, you, <laughs> you can look at the guy you're throwing to because with your arm, you can fit it into whatever space you want. So uh, a, I expect at some point there will be that game, and people will be like, okay, here's that game where it comes back to bite him. Maybe week three against the Baltimore Ravens will be that week. Maybe. The Oakland Raiders, 1-1. One and one. They will be in Minnesota facing the 1-1 one one Vikings. These are two teams at 1-1 one and one that I feel very different about. And, uh, you know, I liked what I've seen from the Raiders, and they've been competitive. Um, Tyrell Williams is a nice little story there. He's basically become the number one and a fantasy asset for you there in Oakland. But the Vikings are just a really good football team. And even if they don't have a quarterback that uh, <laughs> we, we've talked a lot about Kirk Cousins and, and who he is as a quarterback, and we talked about the, the truck versus the trailer and who's driving that thing. It's definitely the defense, and the Vikings can run the ball like crazy. Dalvin Cook has 265 yards and three touchdowns on the year. Really like the Vikings here, and they are favored big at 9.5 points. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Tyrell Williams. Him and Josh Jacobs, I think, are going to play, but they're, they're fighting some sort of injury each. And I look at the Vikings now with a pretty simple recipe. Like, if I'm going to pick Vikings games going forward is – Okay, Matt, does or are the Vikings going to need Kirk Cousins to do a lot in this game? I think the answer is no. Give me the Vikings. Give me the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Yep. And a nine and a half is a lot of points. I don't. I think I'd stay it away is. from betting that game. But uh, you, you got to love the Vikings in this one at home. Yeah. Cook. Dalvin Cook's going to have another hundred yard game plus. One more here, then we'll uh, take a quick break. Let's go Jets at. Oh no, we already did Jets at Patriots. Let's yeah, finish off the that. early games here. Lions. At Eagles, Lions 1-0-1, Eagles 1-1. So the Eagles the only team here with a loss, and a lot of the better teams have the home games uh, in this slate of games. Favored by six are the Eagles against the Lions. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I wish I had a better grasp of the health of the Eagles after watching that last game. I really think that was the number one reason they lost in Atlanta was just losing people left and right. Um I'm still going to take Philadelphia, and I think this will be more competitive than maybe people think. I think the Lions' offense is pretty sound. Uh, I think guys like Hawkinson and Galladay will cause problems, and I think that you know the the Lions won't be easy to run on. But I'll take the Eagles. I, I don't know the spread in this one, but I would think by five ish. I'm checking Twitter right now just to make sure that on this Friday we haven't seen a trade of Jalen Ramsey yet. And there was uh, <laughs> talk around the league that sources said that there was a few teams that had uh, contacted the league and asked if they traded for Jalen Ramsey, if he could play in the Thursday night game and still play on Sunday. And I wonder if the Eagles were one of those teams, not that necessarily they needed to uh, stock up for the Lions game, but that, that's obviously one of the teams that's been talked about for Jalen Ramsey and one of the fits there. But yeah, and I'm almost positive he can't play this week, and he cannot. Right? Yeah, that was the result of that is that he definitely cannot play this week. So anybody that gets Jalen Ramsey is gonna have to wait till week four until putting him on the field. All right, a look at the rest of the week four schedule after this, dudes. Listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, 
They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. 105 my time. This is 405 for you, Matt. Sunday, we've got the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton list, and at 0 and 2, that team looking rough right now, a much different uh, team than I think the Arizona Cardinals thought they were going to get in week three. 0-1-1, Arizona Cardinals at home. Surprising, Cardinals favored right now by one and a half points at home against wow. the Panthers. Zero wins combined between these two teams coming in. Well, I'm shocked Arizona's favored, and I thought I was going to make big news with an upset special, and I was going to pick the Cardinals um, cross-country road trip. I'm starting to believe in Murray. I think he's going to run uh, more. You know, Larry and Johnson and Kirk, I think they cause problems. Um, but I also think it's going to be really tough to get that Panthers defensive line and front blocked. I mean, the Cardinals are pretty rough. I think Murray's going to be scrambling and running for his life, and I bet he puts up more rushing yards this week as a as a uh, you know, as a result, which might end up being a good thing for them. I just don't trust the Panthers' quarterback situation at all on the road. You know, opposite the end of the country, but that's more of a hunch than anything. I'm going with Arizona. The Cam thing might not be as big of a deal because the offense has run through Christian McCaffrey so much already. Not only on dump-offs and small stuff, he can take it down the seam. He can do a lot of things for your offense. So I think that might keep the Cardinals honest. And I just still am not a believer in the Cardinals, although they've been able to be competitive and you know dueled to a tie with the Lions in Week 1. So I've been a little bit surprised by them you know, holding them their head above water a little bit in the first couple of weeks. But I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. Give me that one and a half. Yeah, I could certainly see that. The Giants at the Buccaneers, 0-2 Giants, 1-1 Buccaneers. Bucks laid an egg in week one, Winston throwing three interceptions. They looked a lot better the following Thursday night against those Panthers. New York Giants, the debut of Daniel Jones. Just traded for Mike Evans on the cheap. I'm expecting the breakout game coming against a secondary that can't cover anyone. Jameis certainly could throw three to the other team, but I think the Bucs will have a lot of success through the air. Maybe it's an O.J. Howard breakout as well. Uh, Daniel Jones' first game, as you mentioned, and I think that's a tough assignment because Todd Bowles throws a lot at you, and that Bucks D in the pass rush has been better than, than expected. I think the Giants are in for a long day. I'm with you, and the Bucks were in that game against the 49ers, and the 31-17 final score doesn't really tell the whole story from that Week 1 game, and of course they picked up a win in week two, and it's all about which team Jameis throws to. I could see him throwing three touchdowns <laughs> to his own team or three to the other team. So we'll find out, and that'll be the story there. And, uh, you know, quarterbacks in their first ever NFL starts usually isn't a great story for uh, the team they play for. No, I, I'm with you. I like the Bucks on this one, the, maybe by two touchdowns or so. I like this one. This is going to be a fun matchup. The Houston Texans are on the road. They are in Los Angeles to face the Chargers, both teams coming in one and one 
two really bad offensive lines. I mean, the Texans at least have one spot, but they got to get two guys blocked in Bosa and Ingram. I think that's going to have a lot to do with things. I'm, you know, is there going to be more Texans fans in the seats than Chargers fans? I mean, it's probably <laughs> about the same. I don't know how well the Texans travel, but being in L.A. to me isn't the ringing endorsement to take the Chargers in any week. I think Houston wins this game. The Chargers are just playing with a lot of a lot of guys around Rivers that aren't quality starters at the moment. And I think it could be a really fun game. There could be a lot of points in this one. You know, start your dudes for fantasy type of guy, but mm-hmm. just a little bit of a hunch. I think Deshaun Watson kind of puts on a show. I love Deshaun Watson in this one. I love Keenan Allen in this one. And this one you just kick back, put your feet up and watch and and don't put money yeah. on it. That way you can enjoy it more and just have fun. Yeah, I think this will be a fun one, like you said. Who you got? Uh, I, I the Chargers, Chargers by three. If I was betting, I would just go Texans just to take the points on that one. But yeah, and like yeah. you said, uh, there's a lot of transplants in Los Angeles, and the Chargers are a San Diego team, so uh, probably one of the worst home field advantages right now in the NFL is Chargers at home. The Steelers at the 49ers. Here's a fun one for oh, you and yeah. I, Matt. This is uh, a two and zero 49ers team. That just blew out the Bengals. The Steelers struggling their first two weeks, their own two coming in. No Ben Roethlisberger. We get to see another quarterback debut this week, and it's Mason Rudolph for the Steelers. I'm interested to see how you feel that's going to go for the Steelers Sunday. Yeah, I've been breaking it down like crazy all week, and with the exception of Staley being out at left tackle, I don't see obvious spots where the Steelers have a big advantage or, boy, you can really exploit this or this. Um, part of me, part of me thinks that, you know, we've been watching the NFL for a long time and for some reason, Pittsburgh wins this game. And this isn't of any logic, just that none of us saw the Steelers starting the season three, oh, and three and the Niners starting three and oh, like sometimes the NFL just corrects itself. And, you know, you get a, a game there that makes you think, okay, I think maybe I did know something in the preseason. I'm still taking the Niners though. I, I think that the Steelers defense is very talented. I don't know if we've talked about this, but they've got like nine first round picks on the defense now after, after, you know, trading for Minka. I just think that Shanahan is really clicking the communication. The tackling has not been good on the Steeler D it's still a work in progress. Jimmy's playing well. I think Kittle explodes. I, I got the Niners by about 10 points or so. Yeah. They're favored by six and a half and it's a lot of points, but I, I do like the 49ers in this one for sure. And the you mentioned the the big question for the 49ers right now and i think the bye week comes at a great time the 49ers have a bye next week they might have to make a deal if rookie six rounder justin school doesn't look like uh he can swim at left yeah, tackle yeah. in place of joe staley staley out six to eight weeks with a broken fibula so and they've got miles garrett coming monday night football in week five Ooh. so they have a week to figure that out if they're not able to help him out and i'm really interested to see how kyle shanahan does that if he throws kittle and levine toilolo and and Kyle Juszczyk over there on the left side to help them chip on on whoever's rushing from the right side. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Matt, T.J. Watt almost always rushes from the opposite side, so he'll have Mike McGlinchey. Does he move around? Right. Will they try to get that matchup going, or will they just take their chances? And and because McGlinchey is not going to get help, and he'll be singled up on T.J. Watt, so it's still a pretty good matchup for the Steelers either way. Yeah, I do. Watt will come from Garoppolo's right 99% of the time, and Bud Dupree will come from the blind side. Bud does a nice job against lesser tackles, though. You know, I mean, he's not a great player. Mm-hmm. TJ's a much better player. But Bud will abuse some bad dudes pretty well. So, I mean, that's not a super easy matchup. 
that's also Cam Hayward's side of the field, depending on alignment and stuff. So he'll he'll tangle with the new tackle as well. Um, I, I do think that Jimmy will be under pressure. I mean, the Steelers rushed the passer really well. Yeah, they led the sacks or led the league in sacks last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? And uh, the two the, years in a row, yeah. yeah. And one of the things, though, you mentioned there, bad tackling. The Bengals were really bad tackling, and the 49ers ran all over them last week. So uh, that's one thing the 49ers are good at is getting somebody in space, and Matt Breida has been awesome, and he's obviously the best running back for the 49ers. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the Niners on that one for sure. But uh, I I think the Steelers will be more formidable than people expect week three. And I, I just, you know, like I mentioned before, first ever NFL starts for quarterbacks don't usually go well for a team, especially traveling across the country on the road for Mason Rudolph. Got to take the Niners yeah. here. Yeah, I agree. Saints at Seahawks. This is Teddy Bridgewater or maybe Taysom Hill's Saints now in Seattle. A tough place to play. Saints 1-1. One and one. They lost to the Rams last week. And the Seahawks coming in 2-0. and oh. Haven't really been blowing teams out. The Seahawks haven't. Uh, they just beat the... Actually, they have a combined three points with their week one win over the Bengals by one. Week two win over the Steelers by two. So... Uh, but the Seahawks at home is always a tough one, and they don't have Drew Brees uh, to face either. So you got to go Seahawks here, in my opinion. How do you feel? Yeah, I do too. I mean, awful place to play. Saints don't travel well. I don't know if that's a Brees thing or just the way they're built. Um, I'm not a big Teddy believer, to be honest with you. And when I watched the Steelers-Seahawks game for a second time, I was blown away with how well Russell Wilson played. Like, watching it initially, it's like, wow, it's pretty nice. Watching a second time was he was really really sharp. I thought last year was his best season as a pro. Maybe he's on pace to be even better now. Um, I'm going to take the Hawks. Sunday night football, a lot of prime time for the Browns. Man, the NFL yeah. bought into the hype of the Browns here, and it's Rams at Browns. Rams coming in two and zero, coming in hot. They beat the Saints soundly last week, and the Cleveland Browns have sort of sputtered to their one and one start. Yeah, and I don't like at all the way the Browns are protecting. And I think Mayfield, I'm not saying he's been figured out, but I think that people have rattled him quite a bit through three weeks. He does not look like a comfortable player. And Aaron Donald played for the Rams. (laughs) And I think that their D-line and their pass rush rule the day I think their defensive coordinator, who's you know one of the best that's ever done it, will make Mayfield's life very difficult. And I think the Rams will be able to stick with a somewhat conservative offensive game plan. You know, maybe a little more girly, keep it on the ground, on the road. I, I think the Rams might embarrass the, the Browns a little bit in this one. Yeah, Rams favored by three. I'm taking that bet all day. I'll go Rams yeah. and uh, give up those three points. And then Monday Night Football, we've got the Chicago Bears one and one. They will travel to Washington, 0-2 Redskins. Talk about a quarterback that's struggling. Mitchell Trubisky, holy smokes. Yeah. Um, that that really gives me pause to bet on a Trubisky-led team on the road, you know, uh, prime time. But I do think the Bears are starting to realize David Montgomery might need to be the foundation of the offense. Um, less of a committee at the running back position lean on him, play defense. Unfortunately, that's their really their only strategy for wins at this point is to, you know, put the the handcuffs on Trubisky. I'm going to take the Bears in a squeaker, but I don't think this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um I do want to mention Case Keenum's played a little bit better than I think people realize or that I expected for the Redskins though. 
I agree there. To me, it's. I think I, it might have been Evan Silva. Someone tweeted out a poll. This was before Thursday night that said, who would you rather have starting for the Bears right now, Mitchell Trubisky or Gardner Minshew? And it was, I think, 89% wow. voted Gardner Minshew. So if that tells wow. you anything. And that was before Thursday night football. And yeah, Trubisky, <laughs> it, it looks to be one of those situations that he might be holding the Bears offense back. I, I still, I mean, coming in this year, I thought there could be that growth and that that development, and maybe it'll still get there. But I do have the Bears and not to completely discount Washington, and I'd like some young developing players they do have there on offense. I like their last draft. Still taking Chicago. they got to win that yeah, one on the road. They're I, a better team. I don't expect a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of playmakers for Washington. I, if I were the Bears, I'd rather start Case Keenum than Trubisky. Oh, for sure, yeah. Don't make mistakes. Dump the ball off. Game manager way down the field and let the defense run that thing. But gosh, I just think Trubisky can get there, right? He has to be able to get there. All right, Matt, that's it. We covered all the games there and look forward to breaking all of those down with you on Monday right here, Locked On NFL.